excited to be here with you guys this morning, and we are finishing up the five solas. For those who haven't been here the past five weeks or who are new, uh, the five solas, 500 years ago, this man named Martin Luther uh, decided to go and was seeing there were some flags that were like raising up, and he was kind of worried about what was happening in the church, and he was nervous, and he said, I have to say something, I have to do something. As a follower of Christ, I need to say something. And so he must have the courage to write these 95 theses, and he nailed them to this door in the, community, in the middle of his community, this community center. He nailed it to the biggest doors, these wooden doors at the Wittenberg Castle of these 95 issues. And as he posted these, he got a lot of pushback. In fact, the Catholic Church at the time excommunicated him. Because he spoke out against them. He says, we lost our focus. And, these five, and out of that came these five solas, these five things that we focus on. As the church should have, it should be our focus. And the five, anybody remember the solas we talked about? Anybody? No? Anybody remember them? Because sola, deo, so it's sola fide, faith alone, uh, scripture alone, grace alone, and in Christ alone. And today, this morning, we're going to talk about to God be the glory alone. And as we talk about to God be the glory alone, we're going to talk about what that means. And we stop and look at the five solas. They have a single theme. There is one common theme to these solas. And these solas, these, this, this common theme is it's, they're all focused on Christ. They're all focused on, on God. And that should kind of be like a little flag for us, like, oh, maybe this is important. Maybe this has some sort of importance to it. They're all focused on God, God's word, faith in God, his grace. And now today is the response of giving God the glory alone. So the common theme, one common theme, the common theme of this, of the all soul is it always points back to Christ. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to invite you guys to open up to Psalms 115. Psalms 115. And if you're there, uh, if, you, if you're there, go ahead and stand up for the reading of God's word. We're going to join me in reading. It says, not to us, O Lord, not to us. But to your name be the glory because of your love and your faithfulness. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold made by the hands of men. They have mouths but cannot speak. Eyes but they cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear. Noses but they cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel. Feet but they cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. O house of Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear in him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great. May the Lord make, your, make you increase, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth has given, he has given to man. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to silence. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Amen. And take a seat. 
So there's this uncommon truth within society. There's this uncommon truth in which society says one thing and yet the scripture says another. And we look at it and we see this theme. And this society wants to tell us that it's about you. It's about your work. It's about you tying on your own bootstraps, tying them up, getting your own work done, and going on from there. It's about you. You get what you reap. You get what you sow. Do it. You're not doing it. If you're not contributing to anything, you're, you're, what's the point? And we look at Scripture, and Scripture says something different. And the sad thing about it is sometimes this mentality of thinking that we have to tie on our own bootstraps for God to love us, to tie on our own, to do our own work, we think that also works with our faith. In reality, that's far from truth. Scripture tells us right away, it's Psalms 115.1, not to us, not to us, the Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. We live in a society that bases everything on us, and Scripture says different. It's not about us. It's not about you. And there, there's so much weight to that. There's so much importance in that. And it's a great reminder as we live our life each day to be reminded, it's not about me. I work with middle schoolers and high schoolers. And sometimes, if my students are out there, I know they are, I see a lot of you. Sometimes I think it's a lot about them. And I have to remind them sometimes, it's not about you. And this is something my parents told me all the time growing up. It's not about you, Mario. It's not about us. It's not about the work we do. It's not about making everything focused on ourselves. It's not about us wanting to receive praise. It's not about us. It's about God. God receives that glory. God receives the praise. And the question is why? Why does God receive this glory? Why does God, re why does God deserve it? Why does God deserve his glory and praise? And it tells us in verse 1, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. I think for many, some of, many of us here have been in the church our whole lives. Many of us have gone to the two services the weekly service, done catechisms, done profession of faith. We grew up in the Christian school. And we hear the same message over and over again of God's love and God's faithfulness. And I find myself being guilty of this. How many times does it go through one ear and out the other? And that's, for me, I'm like, ah, oh, I, I need to be reminded this day that his love and his faithfulness should be the force in my life, should be the, the driving force in my life. Why? Not because I deserve it, but because of God's love and because of his faithfulness. Not, it's not about me. It's about God. It's about him, him receiving the glory. Uh, what happens, though, when it's about us? So what happens when just we, like, make it about us? I like what verse uh, 2 through 8 says and says, Why do the nations say, Where is their God? Our God's in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold, by, made by the hands of men. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but they cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but they cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but they cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them. 
There is no meaning to idols. There is nothing there. The scripture is basically telling us without God, without God being the center of your life, without God being the center in which you focus on, without God, you're nothing. You end up being like these idols. Each and every one of us have idols in our lives. It could be a hobby. It can be sports. It could be work. It could be whatever it may be. We have these idols in our lives, but yet these idols do not speak. These idols do not walk. They might have attributes. They might have things that's like, oh, there's, there's some good in them. But in reality, they do not draw us closer to God. If they're not drawing you closer, if, if something is not drawing you closer to Christ, if something is not pushing you to seek God's glory, you ask yourself, is this an idol in my life? And we, and we look at the scripture, verse 8, I love what verse 8 says, and it says, those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. These idols are nothing. They have nothing. They do nothing. And scripture is literally telling us those who make them are nothing. They will be nothing. They do nothing. They, do, they serve no purpose. And those who follow them are just like them. And so I ask myself this question, where is my focus at? Where, is, where am I focusing my life on? Am I, work, am I focusing my life on bringing forth glory to God? Am I focusing and realizing it's not about me, it's about God? Or am I choosing to follow a way that leads away from God? When reality is God deserves the glory, God deserves the honor, God deserves the praise. I don't care if you've been in the church for six months or if you've been in the church for 75, 80 years. It's a great reminder to, it's a great thing to be reminded of this daily that it's not about us. It's not about the things we want. It's not about the type of worship we want or the type of message we want to hear or the type of service products we want. It's not about those even things either. It's about God receiving glory. It's about God receiving the praise. It's about God receiving what he deserves. Why? Because of his love and his faithfulness. That's why he deserves the glory. That's why he deserves the praise. Without God, we get nowhere. We get nowhere without God. We move on. The uncomfortable landscape of past and present. And this, this here for me uh, was a lot of wrestling. I had to wrestle a lot with this one. If we look... Uh, during the time Martin Luther, when he was writing these five, 95 Theses and where the five solas came out, we have to understand the cultural context of that time. And during this time, you had the church leaders, so the Pope and his bishops, they were arguing and fighting against government leaders around them trying to gain control. They were trying to gain control of the land. And it came to the point in which the church was no longer a, a vessel of Christ, a place where they were, they were being the hands and feet of Jesus, but it became a political group. And Martin Luther was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We have to, let's, let's refocus here. Remember, it's about God alone. It's about faith alone, grace alone, Christ alone. Glory to God alone. It's not about, 
It's not about this stuff, guys. It's about this. And the church got frustrated. And the church says, no, we have to gain political control. We have to be control of all this. The church lost their focus. They lost their focus on Christ. And as we fast forward to today, we can see some of those glimpses still happening now where at times the church seems more like a political movement than it does actually being the hands and feet of Jesus. When in reality is our focus should not be about establishing man's kingdom. Our focus should be on God's kingdom. And that's what Jesus was preaching. That's what Jesus taught. That's what Martin Luther was pushing and reminding his fellow believers in Christ that Jesus came down God himself came down on earth, took on flesh. And when the Jews think of the Messiah, the Jews picture somebody who takes throne over Israel. They, they picture a, a, a little, uh, somebody who literally takes the throne in Israel and rules Israel. And when the Messiah comes down, when Jesus came down, he reminded them, he showed them, it's not about that. It's not about your earthly throne. It's about God's kingdom. It's about, I'm not here to establish a kingdom for man. I'm here to establish a kingdom for my father. It's establishing a kingdom for God. It's all about God's kingdom. Bringing forth the message of that Jesus took on our sins and died for us so that we can experience unity with the father. So that we can experience peace with the father. Because why? Because of his love and his faithfulness. It wasn't, it wasn't to push a political agenda. It wasn't to make a party happy. It wasn't none of that. It was to make God's name be praised. Amen. And to God alone be the glory. Sometimes we lose focus even in those areas. And we have to be reminded that it's about God's kingdom. Jesus says, give Caesars what is Caesars. Yeah, you can make sure you, you follow the rules of the land. But ultimately, it's about God. Ultimately, it's about God's kingdom, not man's kingdom. So why sola deo gloria? To remind us that it's about God. It's a reminder. It's a response. It's a reminder, reminder to give God glory that everything we do in all aspects of life is to give God the praise and the glory that he deserves. And that's what's great about that. The beautiful reality of this all. If you turn your Bibles to Ephesians uh, chapter 2. There's this beautiful reality when we, when we have our focus on Christ. And I'm just going to read uh, verse 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, that is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works. Not by works. So that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'm going to read that again. Because I know for a fact many times we hear the word, we hear scripture, and it goes through one ear out the other, and we don't really stop and ponder the weight of it. So I'm going to read it one more time. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And that is not from yourselves. It is the, it is for, it is the gift of God. 
not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's the, beauty, the beautiful reality. Our works cannot earn us salvation. That's why God deserves the praise. Because if, if, if people can earn the salvation, they would boast about it. They would boast about earning, look what I did to deserve this. I deserve it because I put all this hard work in it. In reality, it's not that. The beautiful reality is that Christ loved us where we were at. Christ loved us even in our lows. Christ loved us when we didn't even want to hear from him. When you didn't want to think about him. We didn't want to get up on a Sunday morning and go to church to hear about him. God loved us in those moments. God loved us in those moments of doubt, in those moments of fear, in those moments when we're worried, we're staying up all night because we're stressed. God loved us even in those moments. And that's why God deserves the glory. And the thing about it is God like saved us even in those moments. Not because we deserved it. Not because like, oh, Jesus is like, yep, you know what? He's doing great. You deserve salvation. No, God did it because of his love and his faithfulness. We didn't have to take these proper steps forward to in good faith elevate ourselves to receive this grace and mercy. No, Jesus loved us where we were at. And that's the beautiful reality of it. And that's why God deserves the glory. That's why it's about God. That's why to him alone be the glory. That's why to him alone be the glory. Not because we deserve it. That's far from it. Christ picked up that cross for you and I because of his love. Jesus' sacrifice was enough. Let me say that again. Jesus' sacrifice was enough. Amen? Jesus' sacrifice was a love, was enough. And as we look and we, we ponder that and we think about that, and we look at the other solas that we talked about the last few weeks, sola deo gloria isn't just a reminder, it's a response. Sola deo gloria isn't just a reminder, it's a response. That through Christ, through grace, through faith, through Scripture alone, we give God glory alone. To God be the glory alone. And how do we live that out? How do we live a life that reflects that? How do we live a life that focuses on giving God the glory alone? You know, uh, there's, I remember as I walked like, through the hallways of church or in the streets of my community, um, there are always the people that, who I encounter who just remind me of this, who live a life that reflects Jesus, who live a life that always gives God glory, who always points back to God, even in their, like, in their, in their moments of struggle, in their moments of pain, they're always pushing it back to God. Like, for example, great example, my brother Harold right here. My brother Harold, every time we talk to my brother Harold, he's always pointing it back to God. If you have not had a conversation with Harold yet, talk to Harold. Harold always points the conversation back to God. Why? Because God has showed up in Harold's life and God and, and Harold re- and realizes that and see that it's not about the work that he did. It's about what God did in Harold's life. And you're a walking testimony of that. And it's so awesome to see somebody so passionate about their walk. Middle schoolers, if, you have, if, you even, if you've seen a middle schooler that came back from Camp Dunamis, 
or have, has, has had an experience experiencing God's love in Christ. They exuberate, they show God's love in a way that, that shows up, that like reflects everywhere. They live a life that reflects Christ. When we experience God's love, we reflect that. That is our response to God be the glory alone, that our life is a reflection of his love and his faithfulness. Why? Because it's not about us. Why? Because it's not about us. To God be the glory alone. To God be the praise alone. Let us live lives that reflect that. Let's live a life that reflects God's faithfulness, that reflects God's love. What does it mean to show God's love? First of all, I live off the 91 freeway, one of the most difficult places to show God's love. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, you get, it's between traffic, bad drivers, and I really hope I don't see any of you guys on the road because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not, I just don't like the 91 freeway at all. It's horrible. It's a horrible place. That's a very difficult place for me to show God's love when someone cuts you off without having their blinker on and they go in front of you and they're going 15 miles per hour slower than what you're driving. It's really hard to show God's love in those moments. Or when you have one item at the grocery store and someone like cuts in, like doesn't cut in front of you, but they kind of like race you to the line and they have a whole basket full and you have one item and everybody, everybody else's line is pretty packed and you're just like, can I like forget it? Like you just frustrated, like hard to show God's love in those moments. There are moments in life, everyday circumstances, everyday events that we experience, that we walk through, that we like, oh, can I show God's love in this moment? Sometimes it's really difficult to, but let's be reminded that it was through God's love and through God's faithfulness that he deserves the glory alone, and I should reflect that and show that same love to those around me. My life verse reflects this. Uh, I'll never forget when I was in, I think I was a junior in high school, I got asked to speak for the middle school chapel at the uh, school I attended. I attended Ontario Christian. Uh, some of you are Ontario Christian alumni. And uh, I got asked to speak at the middle school chapel. And I remember I was like three weeks before and I was in my room and I was trying to like figure out like what I want to talk about. And I remember walking up to my dad who was on the computer and I said, dad, I don't know what to talk about. And he goes, well, talk about like living a life reflecting Jesus. It's like, okay. And he pointed me to Philippians chapter 1, uh, verse 20 through 21. And as I read it, I was like, oh my goodness. This is like, if like there's always like that verse that sticks to you, like, like oh, that's that verse is speaking to me. And this verse speaks to me in, in just more ways than, um, than I can ever imagine. It's Philippians 1, 20 through 21. And it says this, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but have, will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Let's not be ashamed. Let's have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted, 
Mind you, it's not about us. It literally says that so that Christ will be exalted. Not we be exalted. Christ be exalted as we live and as we pass on. That when people think of us, they think he was a follower of Christ. She was a follower of Christ. They were faithful in the journey. They ran that race with perseverance. Let us run that race. Let us continue to seek Christ in all that we do. Not because we deserve it, not because we earned it, but because of God's faithfulness and God's love in our life. Let our response be to show love. Let our response be to give God the glory. Why? Because he deserves it. Why? Because of his love and his faithfulness. Let's pray. God, you are so good. You're so good, Father God, and we don't deserve this love. We don't deserve your grace nor your mercy, Father God, but yet you smile upon us and you call us your own. God, thank you so much for your sacrifice. Lord, we pray that we respond, that we can respond in a way, Father God, that shows love to those around us. May we seek you in all that we do. May we have our focus upon you. May we be the light in our community. God, guide us and direct us. Move within our lives. Continue to move in our lives and remind us of you moving, Father. Lord, be with us. You deserve the glory, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand? Before we sing our last song, uh, Mario was talking about reflecting God's love. And one of the ways we can do it is during, especially this Thanksgiving season, um, you'll notice in your pews some envelopes. And this is some ways that tangibly we can give back through our monies. Um, and we're going to be collecting these on Thanksgiving Day. So if God moves in your heart to give to e any of these causes or others that you can write in, we would encourage you to take that home and fill it in and... Um, Bring it back Wednesday night. Before we have the turkey and everything else, we've got just a really special service plan that night. And I know Mario mentioned it already. But especially if you're going through some really hard things. And um, some of you are. And if, it's easy to praise God and thank him when things are going good. But this service is designed, especially if we're going through some hard things. So please come. Um, bring your envelope, 6 o'clock Wednesday night. And let's start our Thanksgiving the right way by thanking our Lord and reflecting his love as Mario spoke up today.
God is good. And as you guys leave this place this week, be reminded to God, be the glory alone. Receive this parting blessing. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and great joy and with great joy. And to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.